Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight we take our look at some of the national stories making the week's headlines while Gary Edgington joins us from glorious Devon and of course it's Thursday so we play Catch Tony. Welcome to Radio New York Sport. And some of those headlines that we're going to be having a chat about and no doubt falling out about. Uganda recorded their first African Cup of Nations victory for 41 years as they pulled off a surprise win over Congo in Group A. Are Uganda better than Berwick Rangers? That's the first question of the night. Warwickshire and England batsman Ian Bell was out for a golden duck in his first inning since suffering a toe injury playing in Pakistan. The 37-year-old turned out for Noel and Dorridge Cricket Club in the Birmingham and District Premier League, but his return against Berkswell didn't quite go as easy hoped. Finally back on the cricket field on a glorious sunny day and was greeted by a first ball nought. That's why we love the game. Is that why we love the game, Mr Smith? Nottingham Forest assistant manager Roy Keane has left the Championship Club. The 47-year-old former Forest player returned to the sitting ground in January with Martin O'Neill. And the ex-Man United midfielder described the experience of working with O'Neill as one of my greatest in football, both as a player and a coach, but apparently he wants to get back into management, which got me thinking, how about Newcastle? Roy Keane v Mike Ashley, forget the football. Andy Murray says winning the doubles title five months after thinking his career might be over is more special than any of his singles wins. The former world number one had his hip resurfaced in the winter but returned in the doubles and got that winner's medal. Now we all know that Tony doesn't like Andy Murray. In fact, he hasn't got a good word for him. But Andy Murray is smiling and he's back and he's winning. Actually got beaten in the first round this week but hey-ho those sort of things happen we're going to be talking about all those and should Lampard after his abject failure at Derby be Chelsea's next manager and should Steven Gerrard go to Newcastle as they're talking who is the bigger club is it Newcastle or is it Glasgow Rangers where would you rather be all this in the next 20 minutes uh I just put the Uganda thing in right at the beginning, Tony, because I thought it was, you know, amusing that they've gone 41 years without um, winning it in the African Cup of Nations. As I, I, I actually said something but as you put your head your headphones on, but I have got a joke for you. Oh, dear. It's, it's, a, it's a very good one. It's, it's, Are we not talking about Uganda as per script, then? Well, it's just... The, uh, you, you, you did say, does that mean that Uganda are better than Berwick Rangers? And and which is you know it's pointless discussing because everybody's better than Berwick Rangers. <laughs> right, we'll come back to your joke in a minute because I want to go through. I want to go through through these. Um, isn't it refreshing if you are a cricketer to know that somebody like Ian Bell, who is one of the most graceful batsmen that we've seen in our lifetime, uh. um, even though he has been out for a time through injury, um, can step down into 
the same as the South Knots, I suppose, and get out first ball. Yeah, but when you step down into that particular league, you're still playing a very decent level of cricket. And, and, and cricket is such a form game. All your best scores come in a clump. Whether you're a, 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 your best bowling performances all tend to come in a clump over the course of your career. It's just a, such a confidence form game. And, you know, if he's not batted for ages, then, you know, he walks out there at a very decent level of club football. and he's, he's, he's Cricket. Uh, sorry, club cricket. And he's going to face an opening bowler of, 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 of decent standard. If you're the opening bowler, though, you're going to live on this one, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You've I got mean, to. You, I you, mean, you, you've got to live you, on it. How, how that, that would fill a few uh, tea, <laughs> tea time intervals, wouldn't it? For <laughs> years to come. Ah! David Pipe says Ian Bell is a bottler. He's not got a good reputation, no, he's, um, <clears throat> he, um, he was a bit flaky, wasn't he? You know, we'll see what Gary Edgerton has to say on this one, because he's got, he's got a couple of questions to be put to him, so. I, I never actually met him, but on the circuit, he's got, uh, a reputation for a, a flaky temperament. Okay, alright, okay. Somebody who's not got a reputation for a flaky temperament is Roy Keane. He may have a reputation for a temperament. S someone else who had a, a temperament pl problem, although it was a mental health issue, unfortunately, uh, retired today, and that was Sausage. You're, you're actually intent on knocking me off, off this no, script, I, I'm, aren't I'm, you? I'm just throwing it in there. Mr Trotter's packed in today at the age of 43, finally. Jonathan Trott, the... Um, oh, right, you know, right, OK. The... Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, and it's, it's, it's it, it, yes, he, he, very, very sad. Yes, that his career went the way it did, but he seemed to be putting it back together at uh, Somerset. But unfortunately, yeah. Well, I say unfortunately. If if it's a decision he's happy with, then you know, good on him. But uh, it was it was unfortunate that. Uh, are you sure you've got that right? I think I've got the wrong bloke, haven't you've I? You've got the wrong bloke, because Marcus Tricothic that, is... That's the one. Norfolk. Marcus Tricothic. Yeah. This is what I have to... I, I do apologise. It is listeners. a good joke, though. I, I really do apologise, listeners. And, you know, now you know why the advertiser is where it Shut is. Yeah. Right. Let's talk Roy Keane. Hmm. Why has he left Forest? Because he wants to get back into club football. But he's done that and failed. Well, I say club football. He wants to get back into management. He wants to be a number one again. And he actually didn't do half a bad job at uh, Sunderland until he fell out with the management, which is unlike Roy Keane, I know. But um, but Roy Keane is always one fall out of a. But he was he was a disaster at Ipswich. Fell out with the players as well at Ipswich. So um, yeah, but um, I mean, I'm, I've no doubt Forest fans thought it would be the dream team of uh, him getting back together with Martin O'Neill at the City Ground, but obviously it's, that's how it's turned out to be. Just a dream. It's like when Jonathan Jonathan Trott thought it was Marcus Truscothic. Yeah, it was exactly. just a dream. Yeah. What, what do you think of Roy Keane at Newcastle? <laughs> it don't bear thinking about it, does it? It doesn't. It's something like sort of <clears throat> Alan Ball kept getting another job, so there's no reason Roy Keane can't. Yeah, but um, I, I want to talk Newcastle again, and I want to talk Chelsea. I want to talk about Newcastle first because that, that that's where we are. Mm. That that seemed to be where this conversation has gone round. Yeah, to. massive great talking today, and Gerard's odds of becoming the next Newcastle manager are are tumbling by by the hour. It would seem, um, and a lot of people, both at work and on the radio, have been sort of saying, "Well, hang on, 
why should Gerard leave Rangers yeah. and go to Newcastle? Because who are the bigger club? Because the Glasgow Rangers are a massive club. There's no such club. All right, Rangers are Rangers, a massive club. Absolutely. If you want to be like that, yeah, right. see, you might as well get it right if you're going to be on. Well, you may as well, <laughs> Jonathan Trot. Um, <laughs> fair cop. Um, <laughs> Rangers are a massive club in a Mickey Mouse league. Yeah. Newcastle are a, a massive club in a massive league run like a Mickey Mouse club. Mm. So, I really don't know. I, I, if he wins the championship with Rangers and gets one up over Celtic, he'll be a, a hero in half of Glasgow, at least. Yeah. And if he does... And if he puts Newcastle in the top half of the table, he'll be a hero in Geordieland. Well, <clears throat> so should he stick or should he go? With all due respect to Gateshead, Newcastle haven't really got any rivals in the city, have they? And it's not, it's, if you're going to be a hero, there's no point being a hero in one half of a city. He's already done that at Liverpool. One half of the city loved him. The other half couldn't stand him. If he does well for Rangers, then one half of Glasgow will love him. If he does well at Newcastle, he will become a football god. That's the difference. See, I would have thought if Stephen Gerrard had got any sort of motivation, he would want to manage in the Premier League. Yeah, but... But the problem with it is, it is also... It's a massive, massive club, but such a poison chalice. Thanks to Ashley. If this investment turns out to be legit they're not going to want Gerard, and they kick out Ashley they are going to go for a massive massive name well you can have Newcastle. Mourinho Benitez somebody like that aren't you he's going to be back probably. yeah Benitez would probably go back yeah um because a you seen walking through those gates when Ashley had gone yeah <laughs> I mean the, the, New the Newcastle public love him already so they would want him back I don't think Mourinho would actually go there. I, I don't think Newcastle are big enough for him. When you've been to Real Madrid and Manchester United and the likes of those... If, you, give, if you put stupid money into Newcastle, they can be as big. The only reason that Mourinho would go there is because he is Bobby Robson's secret love and child. That is that, at the end of the day... Yeah. is the reason that it will happen. But I agree with what you've just said. But he's got to have money and Ashley won't give him the money. If you brought success, and I mean the Champions League, if you've got the sort of money that would bring the Champions League, uh, the Premier League title, to St James's Park, Newcastle United would be the one of, if not the biggest football clubs in the world. Yeah, exactly. If they've got the money there to do it. OK, you seem to feel that Lampard and Chelsea are a good fit for each other. I think it's genius. Really do. Because we were saying about Mike Ashley that you cannot run football as a business. But Chelsea are in a fantastic position to do a mag magic financial deal. Because they've got £5 million from Juventus for Sari in compensation they've only got to pay four million to Derby for Lampard so they've already got a million pound quids in as part of the deal then they've saved 
Abramovich multi-millions in the transfer market by getting banned from it for two sessions, two windows. And then you bring in Lampard and Jody Morris. And when you think of the magnificent talent that Chelsea have got in the 20 to 21-year-old age bracket, that they're going to be forced to introduce into the team and base their team around, just chucking in the odd experience here and there, and Lampard over 13 years and 11 trophies is such a legend at Chelsea that they're not going to kick him out if he finishes ninth or 10th in the league. It's just a golden ticket. And we know that John Terry's not going to go with him, so that's brilliant news as well for all Chelsea fans. They've chucked managers out who's done a lot better than that. Yeah, but in a different circumstance, this is a chance for Chelsea Football Club to reinvent themselves and not just be a club that anybody outside of Stamford Bridge can't stand because third place and, you know, a trophy isn't sufficient for them. You know, they think they're bigger than that. They're not. But if third place and a trophy isn't big enough, is a Ramerich going to accept 8th or ninth for a couple of seasons while they can't sign anybody? I think he, he will because it's Lampard. Lampard goes in there for two seasons and he gets away with murder. And he also learns on the job because you say he's been a failure at Derby. It's his first managerial job and he's got him into the playoffs. He must be good to beat Leeds. <laughs> so, you know, therefore... <laughs> You know, I mean, like so Lampard can learn on the job and he comes across as a bright lad as well. And think of his background. I'll take you back to the Newcastle match because you're saying that, you know, Lampard, all that. Michael Carrick is a Geordie and he's on that list as well. No, it's, um, <clears throat> you know, it's... Michael Carrick will be able to do a good job at Manchester United along with Ole Gunnar uh, Solskjaer. I, I still think that is a, is, a, is a good team there. We know my opinion of that one. But yeah, we, but, um, we will see. So you you think that Lampard would be uh, a a good fit I, for Chelsea? I, I have, think it's going to happen. I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I have hated Chelsea since 1970 in the FA Cup final when they beat Leeds. But I mean, Chelsea when I was growing up used to be a swear word in our house. But I am really excited for the club at the thought of Lampard going there and totally revamping the club and turning it around to a club that promotes youth football. Okay, moving on. You've got a letter. Okay, mm, it's yeah. in. It's in. Um, we openly admit, and thanks to the non-league paper, it's there, but it's out in the public yeah. domain. Uh, so we're going to lead you. We're going to read you a letter now that has appeared today or last weekend in the non-league mm. paper. Yeah, it's written by a guy called Robert Strong from Hatfield in Hertfordshire. And he's talking about the subject uh, of VAR, <laughs> which um, undoubtedly will raise its ugly head again in an hour's time when England ladies play against Norway. But Robert has written, with every big game in every big tournament, now it seems another debate on VAR is never far away. So as the dreaded VAR gets set to rear its ugly head in the Premier League next season, it got me thinking, could this actually help enhance the popularity of non-league football? I wonder how many people will eventually get fed up of crosses being rifled aimlessly into the box in the hope that the ball might actually strike a defender's arm somewhere along the line, or the constant reviewing of goals 
which can never be celebrated properly, at least until the opposing team takes the kickoff. Non-league football is the purest form of the game as we know it. No cameras, no microphones, no still shots on the big screens. Just two teams coming up against each other with a ball and a desire to win, followed by a good chat about it in the bar afterwards. Surely that's what we want from the game we love. That is quality. That is pure gold, that letter. It's so true. I fully agree. I absolutely fully agree. I take no joy out of watching Match of the Day or whatever. In fact, I don't even have Sky to watch live football anymore. I get my football kicks watching Newark Town, Collingham and mm, Flosser. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I would rather... If, if somebody gave me the opportunity to go along with serve to go along to Flosserve with my mates or offered me a ticket to Man United versus Chelsea in the Prawn Sandwich Brigade, you know, I would, I would go to Flosserve every single time. And, and, and tell you what, and, it's beginning to look exciting. We wait to see what Flosserve are going to announce after the end of the month. Hmm. We know where, where Newark are, and they announced, I went down last night and... Lewis Chambers and Nathan Burroughs and Darren Martin are all there with the Newark Town tops on. That's a good nucleus to build. Yeah. And I think they're going to be challenging in that Central Midlands North because if those of his first three, if he carries on with players of that calibre, they are going to be up there. Well, as I said last night, it would be great if the fixtures worked out so that Newark Town and Newark Flosser have played alternately next season in their home matches that that would be great for the town it'd be also great for this sports correspondent it'd, it'd, be, it'd be great for you as well <laughs> and and our coverage of, of of the games but honestly wouldn't it that would be, be fantastic? fantastic it really would be yeah fantastic. absolutely brilliant it was nice to see the amount of numbers that was there last night and there was mm. some quality there last night as well so. and now he's retired jonathan trot could come along and watch him yes he could yes yeah. yes what's in the name <laughs> Okay, every Thursday night uh, we try and catch his lordship out. He can actually, well, just, <laughs> if the way it's going so far tonight, he can catch himself out. He doesn't need, he doesn't need my help, does he? But we try and Can't play for this and one. play this one at home as well because we'll just test his sporting knowledge as we do this. Twenty third of June, nineteen sixteen. <laughs> Len Hutton was born. Oh, um, wonderful Yorkshire batsman, at Yorkshire in England, and um, a great, great servant to Yorkshire Cricket Club because uh, a county cricket club because when he when he stopped playing, he was uh, a regular visitor to um, the boardroom and, and, and to uh, Headingley itself and um, right until his, his very last years he was often pottering around in his wheelchair and without cheating Gary Edgington I want to know what his highest score was who it was against and where it was well in- I, um, I I can tell you that he, he used to walk on D- the batting with Alan Jackson D- just yeah <laughs> <laughs> On the 23rd of June in 1972, Zinedine Zidane was born. Hmm. Very, very strange reappointment at Real Madrid, that, wasn't it? Because uh, it decided he was moving on. But um, 
the entire reason that um, that Eden Hazard went to Real Madrid from Chelsea recently was because Zinedine Zidane was his hero. That's why Eden Hazard always wanted to wear the number 10 shirt and that's why a young Belgian lad wore a, friend, wore a France shirt as a kid. On the 24th of June in 1895, Jack Dempsey was born. English boxer. World champion, I think. Uh, fought in the days when boxing was boxing. And, uh, you know, these days... You know, Fiore's doing his bit. Joshua's proved to be a bit of a dud at the minute, but Dempsey fought in the days when, if there was a rival, you fought him. You didn't avoid him for £80 million fighting someone else. I'll leave the next one to Gary. Uh, 24th of June, 1986, Stuart Broad. Stuart Broad. Um, his dad... Uh, he endured himself to every English person <laughs> on one Thursday morning at Trent Bridge. Yes. And then again, a little bit later, when he forgot to walk when he was out. No, he, he pointedly didn't walk. It wasn't a case of forgetting, but uh, against um, anybody else, that might have been a bit... Naughty, but a bit, against bit, them. Naughty, but against Australia, fantastic. <clears throat> but uh, when he took that six for on that Thursday morning, I was, in those days, was delivering my medication... And I walked down this house, walked down the path uh, <clears throat> on, on one of my deliveries, <coughs> and the guy uh, who couldn't get out of his chair, never could, never ever smiled, despite all my best efforts. I won't say he jumped up, but he was absolutely bouncing up and down in his chair going, Have you heard about Broad? Have you heard about... <laughs> and it was just, it's the first time I've seen a bloke smile. And that's what sport does. Yes, it's what it should do. It, it, it certainly did that morning. The 26th of June, 1952, you'll like this one, Gordon McQueen. Oh, Gordon McQueen. Yeah, one, one of my uh, early heroes, Leeds United in Scotland. And um, <clears throat> is, um, he's got a son, son called Sam who is uh, pottering about uh, as, as a player these days. I think uh, he was he was at Southampton. I think he's recently moved on from there, but but still, you know, moved on to somewhere decent like Middlesbrough or something. I'm not not sure which, but smashing fella. Another one a bit like George Jordan went from Leeds to Man United and rather clouded his uh, copybook with, uh, with with Leeds fans. But even so, you know, tremendous bloke. And a lot of people ask me why I like Scotland so much, and it is because my initial heroes in sport, Leeds United were 70% Scottish and you know Gordon McQueen was one of the was one of the heroes I've got another couple of cricketers and I'm going to save them for for Gary's comments if, if, it, if it's Jonathan Trot I can tell no, you only need to know Jonathan about Trott. the guy uh, I forgot to write down the year but on the 22nd of June sometime in the 80s we had a you cannot be serious rant who by yeah John McEnroe <clears throat> um his um it would be um, a uh, rapid sums can't do it, but he's sixty this year. Nineteen uh, nineteen fifty nine. John McEnroe. John McEnroe is about to celebrate his sixtieth birthday. Right. And uh, Sue Barker was about eight times older than him, 
um, is doing about to do a very good documentary on BBC about him. But yeah, I mean, at the time he was an absolute, you know, bad boy of tennis, wasn't he? That's because he was playing at the same time as that sort of. Isn't it funny though? Everybody hated him because he was an obnoxious American, and now they love him. And now everybody of it. loves him because yeah, yeah. of that. It's and, just, and, you and, know. and and as you will see next week when Wimbledon returns for its fortnightly visit to our televisions, he is world class as a, as a yeah. you know commentator presenter. Right. Three people who unfortunately lost their lives um, in on the twenty fourth of June. We lost. This is in two thousand and seven. We lost Derek Dugan. Yeah, the the, the Dugan. Yeah, um, Wolverhampton Wanderers centre forward, Northern Ireland, um, and and did a hell of a lot of good work as um, a football um, official, didn't he? I think he, he certainly was part of the original television panel in the nineteen seventy four World Cup. Uh, the original Wolves, isn't it? We we all know Wolves. <laughs> from. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it was in those days where the, uh, the 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 shorts ended at that very indecent level at the top of your thigh, yeah. wasn't it? Which, which really didn't look good on Derek Dogan. <laughs> on the 27th of June 2011, we lost Mike Doyle. Mike Ma Doyle, Mike Doyle. Mike Doyle, yeah, Man Manchester City. Now, I remember, because when he was an England player and in his... Pomp and Forrest was in the then second division. They got they was drawn against Manchester City in the FA Cup fourth round, I think. And City was doing very well at the time, and Forrest wasn't. And Forrest had just got a new lad come through called Duncan McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a game that had to be played on a Sunday afternoon at about half past one because it was when all the power cuts was on, and there wasn't allowed to use the floodlights. Yeah. And Forrest won it four one, and. Duncan McKenzie, Doyle pushed Duncan McKenzie out to somewhere near the Bridgeford Road to try and not get him, and Duncan McKenzie turned him inside out, upside down, the wrong way around, threw his legs and everywhere, and made him look such an idiot for an England international, and that is how I remember. For that one afternoon at Forest, Duncan McKenzie took him to pieces. Duncan McKenzie, uh, I did an after-dinner speech with Duncan at uh, Southall Racecourse, and he is tremendous company. He uh, does some... Does Excellent impressions of uh, various people. He, he's in the natural football. The category. oh gosh, With, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the natural athlete. I yeah. mean, he could he could jump over a mini. He could throw a, a golf ball from one end of the from, from one goal line to the other on a football pitch. Right. Before we get hold of, of Gary, I've got one more for you because this gentleman died on the twenty fourth of June, nineteen ninety nine, and his name was Buster Merrifield. Buster Merrifield. I haven't got a clue. You haven't got a clue who Buster Merrifield is. Listeners, Tony does not know who Buster Merrifield is. Buster Merrifield, Tony, is Uncle Albert. Uh, is he? Yes. <laughs> Come on, oh, you, you disappoint. You disappoint. Well, my great friend Ben Faulkner has just given me a box set of Only Fools and Horses. Um, well, he's the one with the beard on, upside oh, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, basically. Um, but I, people I, would argue who was better, Grandad or Uncle Albert. To me, Uncle Albert made that programme. Yeah. He just added that little bit different. To me, he made a very good programme into pure gold. Was he the one who was, who was a sailor? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, yeah, yeah. He was telling a story the other night when it was on about, he was, he was lookout when he was in the, 
in in the navy during the war and he hit an aircraft carrier in broad daylight and he was looking at it and i didn't see it <laughs> i mean the way yeah uh, it's, uh, pure gold but you oh dear tony you've let me down badly well, well, well I, I, I will get better because uh, as i say my mate ben has, has just lent me a the, the complete only fools and horses box set right go and try and find gary for me okay. can you while i say to you how would you like to get involved in our quids for kids day on friday the 12th of july schools businesses and even individuals can get involved as we plan to raise money for the children's bereavement center here in newark it's really simple you take part in a non-uniform day fancy dress day at work or at school you polish off your baking skills uh, you do a raffle head to heads with your colleagues anything all we ask is you take a little pot along with you that you can all drop a pound coin in and we'll see where the figures add up radio note will be here there and everywhere spreading the world about the children's bereavement center on the 12th of july we could come to your work we'll come to your school you may even get on the radio because that's what we want you to do as many people as we can to get on the radio raising money in our quids for kids on behalf of the children's bereavement center they are our charity for 2019 and this is our big big day further information give us a call 01636 550 head to the website radionook.co.uk or quite simply catch up with matt vicky phil myself or any of the gang and we'll give you all the details on what is going to be an absolutely fantastic day as we re- as we raise money for a Newark charity. And we can go now... Jonathan Trott, line one. ...direct to Devon and get some sanity into this programme <laughs> and talk to Mr Gary Edgington. Gary, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Not so bad. I was. Uh, I thought I was listening to a comedy show there until I heard that terrible interpretation of Uncle Albert. Well, at least I knew where Uncle Albert was. Well, yeah, I mean, there is that, but, you know. I mean, we, we even have an Uncle Albert who works with me at work. It's <laughs> an image of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, I better than mine. I have saved three of my birthdays for you to pass your opinion on because he's rubbish tonight so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it i'm gonna leave <laughs> you tonight. i'm gonna leave you to tell me i'm gonna say born on this day on, on the 24th of june in 1912 was it brian johnston brian johnston um now you tell me all about brian johnston well brian johnston's most famously for uh covering cricket on um, Five Live or Radio 5 as it was in them days uh, an excellent commentator um, probably what most of today's people aspire to be and you've got the old uh, the classic one where him and Jonathan Agnew the sketch where um, Agus said one word and then Johnson couldn't hold it together I, think that was a, I can't actually tell you if he actually played the game professionally though um, I don't think he did, did he? I, 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 he played cricket, but I don't think it was at the, at the top level. And if anybody hasn't listened to the clip where it's called... I think if you put it into you, YouTube, Brian Johnston Legover, <laughs> it's uh, it's about three or four minutes long and Johnston just loses it. <laughs> so he was very good at doing that, but he was an absolute joy to listen well, to. I say, he, had, he had a good psychic in the early days. He had John Arlott with him. <laughs> 
I think the funniest thing, uh, Gary, about that uh, particular clip is when he then tries to do the uh, the, the cricket scores roundup, and uh, and, and just can't speak for laughing while they try to do the cricket scores from around the country. Oh yeah, as I say, it's, it's played. I mean, I think one of the most if you put audio clips into um, there, it's one of the top ones. So yeah, it's, it's obviously. Uh, it's the four candles of the radio. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 27th of June, 1924, Bob Appleyard. Either of you? Oh, yes. Yorkshire and England. One nil. Tony's, Tony's nipped in there. Yes, I'm saying. It took 35 minutes. He's, he's warming up. This yeah, is the one where you will like the best, because I think you're, I think deep down you're quite fond here. The 27th of June, 1980, Kevin Peterson. Mm, yes, uh, Marmite, as I uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, arguably, you know, probably the most controversial cricketer ever to play for England. And as I say, Marmite, you either love him or loathe him. I don't think he can be in between. No one can argue uh, about his talent. Uh, and nobody can argue that he's not, uh, he's put the cat among the pigeons. I mean, even tonight, he put a tweet out. Uh, about Mar- Marcus Truscottic retiring, and he says, Happy retirement to England's greatest ever opener. And I think that's a dig at probably Strauss and <laughs> Brilliant. Surely not. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I did say uh, when I first started with Tesh Tony, and I don't know if you was listening then, I hope you wasn't listening then, because you've you had time to do, do some homework. Len Hutton, we spoke about, is I score, who was it against, and where was it? No, it's. I no need to cheat on that because it's one of the trivia questions that always comes up. I was actually, my guess, because I, I wrote my answer down and I was one run out, I'll be truthful, I thought it was 3-6-5 against Australia at the Oval, but it's not, it's 3-6-4. But that's one of the trivia questions um, that somehow is stored at back of your brain, like who was the bowler and who was the batsman at the other end when Sobers it is 6 sixes, you know, Malcolm Nash. Yeah, Malcolm Nash. Yes, Morgan, nineteen sixty-eight at St. Helens. <laughs> <laughs> and the the guy that bats to the other end used to come and watch me play when I played for Orsworth in the South Knots because he <laughs> lives in Orsworth. Don't know, no. No. Who, no. Who was at the other end? Mr. Pullen. Chris Pullen. I can tell you a very quick, quick, very quick story. Graham Frosty was an umpire in the South Knots. Told me this story that Frosty was batting. I think he opened the batting. And the skipper, when Frosty was out, he said, get your pads off quick and nip across the road and get Gary out the bookies. <laughs> and the sobers, at the fall of the first wicket, was in Ladbrokes in Glamorgan. He wasn't watching the game. <laughs> me that was a true story. Oh, it will have been. Brilliant. Well, our four um, cricket sides had a day out in the sun on Saturday, Gary, and made a complete pig's ear of it. Yeah, um... Let's start off. Collingham first. Well, it was a losing draw. Uh, a fine 70 from Jack Copley. But then there was a four-ball uh, duck by Mohamed Nahim. But uh, hats off to uh, Messrs for Zachary and Pipe for seeing the team home with a 34-run unbeaten 10th-wicket partnership. And you never know those points at the end of the season uh, could be vital. Yeah, I think we're better gloss over Boulderton. As I, say, I remember saying a few weeks ago, watch out for Mr. Shepherd. 72 with a bat and then 5 for 21 with a ball. Yeah, I, I just think they're quite happy they won't be seeing any more of Clifton this summer. Well, there we go. 
Uh, Division D, how times are changing. Two weeks, three weeks ago, we were one and two. We're now third and seventh in that league, respectively. Farndon, Newark, both got oh, a good hammering. Uh, yeah. But the stats say, Farndon, three of the top four single-figure scores. Newark, four of the top six failed to get into double figures. And you can't rely on your tail end to get you out of trouble. It's up to them top six. Uh, and they say they both mm-hmm. find themselves now. Well, Newark find themselves out of the top two. And Farndon are only two places off the bottom. It's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So three weeks, a, three weeks. I want to give a couple of positives out because we don't want to be all doom and gloom. Collingham 2s. Gary Clark, 71. And Taylor Bowers, 83. So Collingham 2s to an easy win. And Flintham, Spencer Taylor, 3 for 13 in Flintham's easy win. And finally, Newark R&M, 3rds. They won with Sam Baker in 63 and Luke Chignall, Chignall 61. Uh, and I've left this right to the very end. Bolderton 2s, a certain, well, it must be a, a young 14-year-old lad, this one. Alan Jackson in 70. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony says he thought Alan Jackson opened the batting with Len Hutton. <laughs> oh, this must be his grandson then. <laughs> and Eden Tranter and Andrew Smith, between them, took 7 for 64. So, although we've had a few negatives from the ties in the top half, let's give praise to those To the, to the ones further on down. That was, that was Alan's first um, time he'd put the whites on this season. He's had an, he's had an operation, and um, thankfully he's back up and running. And um, that was his first uh, his first outing. And uh, I must admit, he did, he, he did look the part with the trademark collar turn, turned up. And as for, as for Miss Tranter... Well, I think those 18 wickets put her in the top 10 of wicket-takers, just about. I shall have those facts for you for next week. Um, we'll, have, we'll see who's in our top 10s from the area. We will see who's in our top 10. I think at the minute it's Eden Tranter, full stop. <laughs> so, I've, I've got some good news uh, from Callum Road for the weekend. Go on. Newark R&M first 11 are without a fixture. Yeah, I've got that down. <laughs> that's, their, that's their best result for yeah, June, yeah. then. Happy with that. I, I went to Farndon um, to see that batting collapse, but also see a young lady, 14-year-old Rhiannon Nolan Davis, make her first team debut. She's um, she's a Knotts player, and um, she's their leading wicket-taker, and she took, I think, was it two for 18 off six overs or, or something, um, um, of which they're absolutely so pleased about. And I can now give you the breaking news that she has retained her first yeah, team place good. for this for this weekend as well. So she's going to Plumtree, I think it is, with Fondon this weekend. Isn't it fantastic, Gary, that we're talking about Eden Tranter, Rhiannon Nolan Davis, and we're just talking about him as one of the one of the group. Yeah, and uh, I said it last week. Just have a look at the standard of cricket those two ladies are playing in. They're playing at a far higher standard than I was able to hold my own in. I mean, when I played for Orsa first, I was playing so far above my standard, I got a nosebleed. <laughs> but, uh, no, hats off. Um, and total respect. Right, uh, what we got this weekend, because I want to get that in and then we'll have a chat about anything else after that, but what have we got to look forward <laughs> to in what is going to be the best day of the year, weather-wise, mm-hmm. in New and York? I'm, and I'm not at work, I'm moving out. Ah, can't be bad. Yeah, we go. Right, it's a relegation six-pointer, must-win at all costs for Boulderton as the top-bottom two play each other. Boulderton play Woolerton, 
Meanwhile, Collingham face Ellerslie. And I think this is Collingham. To my mind, this is the last chance saloon. If they lose to Ellerslie, they're too far away because the top two are starting to pull away. Um, so, to uh, all the lads at Collingham, I've put a bit of pressure on you. But come on, let's, uh, let's turn this season around and uh, put one over on Ellerslie. As you said, uh, Plum, uh, Farndon in seventh travelled to Plumtree, while Flintham two, uh, sorry, Flintham, who was second in the league, entertained sixth place Notch Unity Casuals, and Collingham twos are away at Sutton Bonington. We've got Cornton entertaining Kinalton, Boulderton met the long away trip to Long Eaton, Newark R and M are away at Oxton, who are flying high. Fondon twos entertain Ladham uh, and on that note uh, boys Ladham are playing cricket at the pitch for the first time since the flood this weekend they've the done, they've done well to get that back up and running amazing. the pitch looks absolutely amazing you would not think it is the same pitch from 14 days ago that's an excellent effort yeah Collingham thirds have got Wimeswold and Newark R&M thirds away at Ellerslie uh, my pick of the weekend fixture, if anyone wants to go, I would get in your car, have a travel over, <coughs> pardon me, to a lovely ground, Plumtree, and go and watch Farndon and the young lady in question, because it's a lovely, lovely ground. Uh, my mate there, uh, Ken Bloor, is the secretary, and it is one of the finest pavilions in the uh, in the county. Mm. Tony's busy nodding his head at that one, so Plumtree is the place to be on Saturday afternoon. Um, thank you for that, Gary. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, the Irish England English One Day captain has got me wound up this week by basically saying that yeah, okay, the Aussies beat us at Lords, but it's it's not the end of the world. We just move on. Gary getting beat by Australia at Lords is and should be the end of the world. Is he? Is it right to have a non-English captain? No, I haven't got a problem with him. Um, it, it wasn't a problem the other day when he hit 17 sixes. I didn't hear anybody <laughs> moaning about him then. Still Irish. Um, I just, I just believe uh, we've been hyped up um, far too high. I think Archer should have been. Well, he couldn't have been bought in any earlier. Um, He's probably he probably needed a year to settle in. Uh, Woods very hit and miss. A bowling attack. People say our bowling is good. I, I I don't rate our one day bowling side. To my mind, um, I know the Ashes are important, but the best bowler we've got in this country isn't playing. Jimmy Anderson. Now, if you need if you need your number eleven to get runs for you, you're a bad batting side, and we aren't a bad batting side. So we aren't playing the best bowler we've got that's still playing first class in test cricket and I, he would be my first name down on the team sheet even before as captain you know you have the best bowler in the world you put him in Australia always played McGrath he couldn't bat Aust uh, Sri Lanka always played Murali he couldn't bat you know it, it's just laughable but that's my opinion I believe we've we, we peaked too early uh, but I've got no problem with Morgan as I said I had no problem the other day when I kept watching the ball I got sore neck watching it and I was watching on telly um, he's the best player. I wouldn't give it Root I don't think Root's a great captain at test level so I certainly wouldn't give him one 
I think Vince is not the option. I think we should have had another batsman because we've got Dawson, not played a game. Um, the young left-hander, who I'm amazed hasn't had a game. Plunkett, I think, has played maybe one or two. So there's three bowlers. Really, we needed another batsman, a three or a four. Because Root could open, he opened against the West Indies. But if you think, you know, Root, Morgan, and that's a specialist batsman. Stokes and Butler aren't what are called specialist batsmen. So you've only got five specialist batsmen. You get one injured, then four have got to play, and you top four. Whereas if we'd have had another option... Are we going to get to the semi-finals? No. I tend to agree with you. Pakistan have got to play Afghanistan and Bangladesh. We've got New Zealand, New Zealand and, and India. Yeah, I think we'll beat New Zealand. It'll be all too late then because I think we'll lose on Sunday. I believe you know if we'd have, I say we've lost to Sri Lanka and Pakistan, two of the games I had us down. I didn't think we'd win every game. I thought we'd probably lose to the Australians or the Indians uh, or both, but we'd finish second or third. But you can afford to lose Australia if you beat the teams you should beat. Yeah, you know, so it didn't lose into Australia that's got us in this position. You know, it's losing to Sri Lanka and, and Pakistan. A busy and weekend not... busy weekend coming up for you then, Gary. Yeah, yeah, uh, start 8 o'clock, hopefully try and get done by about 6 o'clock at night when the results come in. Are you moving to somewhere nice or are you stopping in Devon? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm sure I sent put some pictures on the other night. I'm moving from a little I'm in a place called Colliford which is a little village I'm now moving to a hamlet I think there's about 25 houses in the hamlet I'm living in well there you are that goes to prove nobody lives in Devon <laughs> but I should still be visiting uh, your favourite place most weekends but good not lad this weekend. good lad that's what it's all about Gary I hope it all goes well at the weekend we'll catch up with you again next week and then I think the week after that um, you're going to be up uh, this way to see Collingham versus Balderton yeah, and you've saved both saves, though, because I had a little trivia question for yourself, but we've, we've run out of time. Very actually. quickly, very quickly, because right. I'd rather right. talk to you than Tony. <laughs> first, one to you, first, both of you got to shout out the answer, right? You ready? Born on the 24th of February, 1951. Hey, I do this. In Retford. Played 47... Derek Randall. There you go. There you see. I didn't... The reason I got it up, I didn't realise... Oh, no, it makes us all feel very old, Gary. And I think on that note, we better go. <laughs> okay, boys. Have a great weekend and everybody. And let's hope we're talking about some positive. I boys. really hope so. Thanks, mate. Cheers, buddy. Bye bye. Cheers, bye, guys. Now, the script says Tony's a joke. No, no, it says Tony's got a joke. Yeah. Right, not. Sorry, I got that wrong. But right, go on. Is it's, it clean? It is, yeah. This bloke walks into the pub with a giraffe and he has a pint of bitter and has a pint of whiskey for the giraffe. And then they have three rounds together and uh, basically this giraffe has three pints of whiskey and then collapses full length on the floor. And the bloke goes, Right then, thanks very much, landlord. Bye then. And landlord says, You can't leave that lying there. He said, It's a giraffe. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, OK. Shall we move swiftly on? And you thought that was funny? I used to drink, you know. Yes, I'll take it up again if I was <laughs> you. <laughs> People have said that. Tuesday night, we met four youngsters. Last night, we met another 
youngster. Um, your thoughts on Radio Newark Sports guests this week? Oh, well, as, as you keep saying, you know, you, you, you don't really do boxers. But, um, you know, those four are going to go a long, long way. And it, it's, it's really nice. It was really nice on Tuesday night sitting there and just sort of looking at them and then just thinking to myself, well, I've seen them now in a very confined studio at that age and one day, sure as eggs is eggs, you're going to be watching them on a very, very big stage. And it was one of those when you can sort of look back and go, I was there moments, you know, and it was, it was just really, really nice. I Last think the night... One that, the one that... Just, just, just to... Sorry, yeah. Quick, quick, quick interrupt. The, the young lady that I mean I know Chloe Davis I've known her for a long long time I've known her since she was a baby and the last year with Dean at, at Castlegate has turned a shy bullied girl who you probably worried where she was going mm. into a self confident she's grown about a foot taller she looks the part she's gonna be the part and you know i, I know her mum and dad can't thank dean and the team enough and you know dean has done this time and time and time again there's two ways of looking at dean sugden <clears throat> one is that he's done very well in building up a business for himself the other thing the other way of looking at the guy is that what he has done for the young people of this town for example, you know, a very, very good example in taking a shy, bullied young girl and turning into turning her into the confident young lady that we spoke to on Tuesday night. But it's for every Chloe Davis, you, you you take thousands, certainly hundreds, but possibly thousands of kids the the the, the length and breadth of Newark that have been taken not off the streets, but in some cases, yeah and turn into rounded human beings. That's the legacy Dean Sugden will leave this town. Jess Weaver. Unbelievable. You know, it's... Um, <clears throat> the, the, the pride that was emanating from her dad last, last night, fr from Phil. I've, I've known Phil for many, many years. Proper, proper rugby man. Absolutely top bloke. And, you know, he was just so damn proud that this wonderful person next to him just happened to be his own daughter, you know. The way she spoke about being in a group of five women vying for that scrum half shirt at Loughborough, you know, wow, I wouldn't like to be one of those ladies trying to get that number nine shirt off her. She's going to hold on to that for years to come. Wow, what a character. And... Afterwards, at the end, <clears throat> she didn't know whether to shake hands or whether to go in for the hug. And it was, you know, it was just so delightful to sort of, to hug a sporting legend like that. Because she is absolute dynamite. You talk, you asked me why I got here early last night. <clears throat> it's because I was meeting sporting royalty. And next week, we meet up with Gary Atwood and his under-15s. Um, it was out of the cracking season, then mm. being league champions. And talking of Newark Rorty, when it comes to football, that is Gary, and we all confidently expect one day yeah. um, Gary to 
to take the stage forward and we've got to meet the chairman night as well because it's we're having a bit of a swap around because i must talk to gary actually because next thursday night we've got newark athletic club coming in so our gary uh. chat will be wednesday um it's obviously you've got to get around training night so i'm gonna have a meet the chairman night and find out how, how that club are going this weekend tony is the sun's gonna shine it's gonna be glorious um the two big cricket i mean gary says go to plumtree and i've never been to plumtree it is a great ground lovely ground i'm going to bolton plainfield because bolton and woolerton for me is the match and i'm going to nip out to collingham as well because i think collingham's already blown it i've just thought of a good line you could use with gary atwood next week tony smith says if gary atwood could learn how to drink properly he'd be the next john handley <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he'd be pleased with that one. Um and talking of Gary Atwood, it's the RHP Summer Tournament. Both Saturday and Sunday at Lincoln Road, which is a, a Gary Atwood presentation. And it's massive. They've got teams coming from London. Have they? It is massive <laughs> over a two two day thing. They've got to go on Lincoln Road because it's the only area that's remotely big enough. And that's this week. This weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the RHP Summer football tournament possibly the biggest football tournament in the county yeah. um and it's a big weekend for newark ac which is why they're coming in next week but it's a massive weekend for newark ac because it's their first <laughs> ever event that's a massive weekend it's for a, newark isn't it's it? a home match for yeah, newark athletic yeah. club that's actually in newark and i'm gonna ask the lads next week when the last time that happened but i would suggest it's probably 20, 30 years ago? I wish Trevor Frecknell was alive today to see that. It would mean a hell of a lot to a great bloke. Absolutely wonderful. That is a, that is a very special moment in Newark sporting history, that is. The fact that we've, we've got an athletics meet back in the town at long last. So the sports camera's going to have a trip, um, a trip there, because we think that's going to be absolutely a fantastic day for the Newark youngsters. And uh, then we're off to see a little bit of <coughs> cricket so massive massive weekend the football news is on our social media it's beginning to happen the signings are being made people are leaving clubs we heard today that sean woolley's leaving flosev that was a shock out of the blue but he is leaving flosev who the replacements are going to be i think you're going to have to wait until the first of july to find that out when contracts are finished if that's the case we'll be telling you next week who the big signings are that's going to keep low fields and flow serve in step five football next season cannot wait for that we might even ask the communications officer to see if he knows anything but that's probably pushing it a little bit too far um, it's been a great week we've met, we've met some fantastic kids and we'll do it all again next week bye bye we-